What is up, People First Leaders? My name is Chris Lin, and I am your advocate and host for the Leading People First podcast, where we are set to transform the workplace. I'm happy you're tuning in and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. One quick reminder for the month of October 2020, we are doing a giveaway if you leave us a review. So make sure you subscribe and let us know what you think of the Leading People First podcast. I'm sure you've all heard the analogies and comparisons between leaders and athletes, or maybe leaders and coaches. But have you ever thought more deeply how we can learn leadership lessons from bodybuilders? In this episode, I brought on Philip Sessions, a bodybuilder, fitness coach, and system specialist for BMW. Philip is also the creator of Healthy Living Sessions, a business dedicated to teaching men, specifically entrepreneurs and business owners, how to reach their peak physical and mental performance. Philip has over 10 years of experience in the realm of health and wellness, and he is on a mission to help clients fast track their fitness and grow into the best versions of themselves. While Philip is not what many would consider an organizational leader, I had to bring him on after learning more about his approach to the power of transformation and how it can be brought into areas of the employee experience like performance reviews, wellness, and learning. Now let's go hit those weights. Man, I'm so excited to be here. I know you're you're just getting this thing started up or you know, you're not too far along and really excited to help bring a good message to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. So first question I like to ask every guest, what does it mean to you to lead people first? To lead people first, I think to me it's more about setting the example and setting the standard for the group of people you're leading, whether it's one person or you know, a hundred people be kind of crazy to lead that many people on your own. Uh, I think there's a limit to how much one person can truly lead and spend enough time with that person. But to me, setting that standard for other people, we see, you know, like our parents, they set a certain standard for us and we live up to that at least and hopefully go beyond that. That's what makes for a great, you know, great kid, great employee is, meeting and exceeding that standard. So really that's what leading is to me, setting an example and setting the standard for which people have to work by. Totally. Yeah. I know you've shared before in your own podcast, um, a story about when you were younger in, I think a youth group, right. And you, you wanted to be a leader, you wanted to take on more. And, um, I think you're, it was, you said it was your youth pastor who said, Oh yeah, you're already, what are you talking about? Like you're already a leader because you, you lead by example, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It's a, uh, you know, I'll just kind of recap on that story. You know, basically yeah, I had talked to my youth minister and, and I really wanted to get into leading more. And, you know, I kept seeing all these other guys kind of leading that were my age and I wanted to do it. And so I went up and talked to him and he's all like, we already are a leader. And I was totally confused. And, and then I had no idea what he meant. And it took years later to realize that it was by my example, because when it came down to it, when the situation called for somebody to take action, to take charge, people would look to me. You know, I wasn't always the leader, you know, you know, whatever section manager, you know, department store manager or whatever. I didn't ever have that title, but every time when it came down to, we need to look to somebody to lead us, it was always on me. And so just by leading by example, I know it's not as glamorous, not having the title, but when people want to turn to you, when, you know, everything hits the fan, that's a pretty good (laughs) feeling. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And 
And that's a really good way to explain leadership, right? Is it, it's not it's not about that title. It's, it really isn't. And that's something that I've really been hammering hammering on this podcast, talking to other people. It's about the influence that you have on people. Um, do people turn to you when there's a crisis? And I think especially when we're tested, that is uh, where you do see where leaders come from. So uh, before we get too far into it, I would love to have you just share your story. Walk us through uh, where how you got today. Yeah, so I kind of go down my fitness route. You know, I, I, right now I'm a full-time engineer at BMW, but fitness is my passion. I love it, and I, I'm helping people out and trying to get that to be a bigger part of my life as well, you know, being able to help people out with that. And I'm also transitioning just slightly, I guess, a pivot more than anything where I want to start helping men that were in a situation that I was in. And so going back to high school, right before I started fitness, you know, I was, I was always into running and everything, but I was never confident. I always struggled with talking with women. And then I got to college and said, okay, you know, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get, you know, real strong, real muscular. And then the women are going to come. Well, they didn't. <laughs> and it took me probably until about three years ago, whenever, you know, I finally started getting finances right. I started getting more confident in myself. You know, I was taking care of my body. And then I realized that there was one thing missing. I never set that standard for the women that were coming into my life. You know, I would talk to girls and it wouldn't work out, you know, sometimes because of me, sometimes because of them, you know, whatever. It just, it was, it was one way or the other. Yeah. But what I realized, I never set that standard for me, which was, you know, Christianity, you know, having, having faith was a big part of what I wanted in somebody to marry. And so finally I set that standard, that expectation and it wasn't, it wasn't immediate. I ended up dating two girls and the second one I dated, you know, one at a time, <laughs> for clarification. <laughs> but the second girl I dated, we almost actually broke up. And because I was like, look, this isn't working out. And she was totally thrown off because I told her this is super important to be going to church and, you know, worshiping God and, you know, and, and living out a Christian life. And, then when I broke up with her, that's when she realized, wow, oh, I actually meant it. And I thought I had set that expectation. And yeah. so with all of this, you know, going from being in, in, you know, not a very strong guy, not a very muscular guy, to not being confident, being in a bad financial situation, to being that guy that was always, you know, in and out of relationships because, you know, I wasn't a stable person myself, a stable man and figure out how to navigate that now being married for a year, I want to help other guys that were in that same situation as me and help them out. So that's, that's kind of story behind me where I'm at, where I'm trying to go with things and just, you know, taking imperfect action. So I think yeah. a lot of times we think we have to take perfect action. We have to know everything that we're doing before we start doing it. And that's not the case. You know, you just have to start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that progress, not perfection, that, leads me to the, you know, this, this question that all fitness people, I think love dealing with, right? New year's, mm -hmm. new year's resolutions, right? The most common one is around getting fits, getting back in the gym and, you know, people start their program, they're in their gym, they're, or they're out running, whatever they're doing. And the moment they fail, right? Whatever they consider a failure, they give up. They're like, Oh, well like that, that's it. First, would you agree with the notion around progress and not perfection? And 
if so, right, like how would you apply that thinking to leaders in the workplace? Hmm. So this is, this is very difficult being a, a bodybuilder and having a bodybuilding background. This is honestly something a lot of us bodybuilders struggle with is having that perfection, especially when you've done a bodybuilding show, you know, you've been down like sub 10% body fat and then you look at least out on outward in your best physical shape of your life. And then you start gaining weight, any kind of fat that you've gained. Now you're like, man, I'm just, I'm not there. So there's always this, this chase for perfection, but you have to know that there's times that you're not going to be perfect. You're not, because you can't always be, you know, sub 10%. Like you just cannot be show ready every single day. It's not healthy for you. And that's that perfection. Perfection is not healthy to always be in, you know, we can always be striving for it, but we have to have a plan to, to go for it and figure out how to find that perfection and, and keep, I would say, perfecting your craft, whatever it may be. And so for, you know, the new year's resolutioners, you know, you just keep going. And that's, that's the great thing. I know kind of packing a lot of stuff in here. That's the great thing with the gym is that you can fail as long as you don't hurt yourself, like, (laughs) you know, tear a muscle, break a bone or anything like that. Failing is acceptable in the gym. Nobody's going to look at you and say you're crazy if you try to attempt something. And at least, you know, okay, you had to have a little bit of a spot getting off. Say, you know, I struggle to hit. Well, for me right now, it's like 315. I have this mental thing with 315. Some days I can get it. Some days I can't. But I, you know, with a little bit of assistance, I can get it. But I fail sometimes, and I would consider that a fail because I had to have assistance to help me lift it. But nobody's making fun of me for that, for that failure. And to me, the gym is a safe place to learn about failure, which then you can apply to other areas of life. Because the more we fail, the more we grow in that area. And I guess there's a pun there. It wasn't intended. <laughs> but it's the same with the gym, you know. The more we fail at the gym, the more we grow. Because the only way your muscles truly grow, besides obviously all the nutrition and stuff, is to break the muscle down. You have to beat the muscle up, break it down, for it to rebuild and get bigger and get stronger. So that's the same way with failure. We have to fail in order to know what we need to fix. If we keep just trying to stay perfect and, and never color outside of the lines, never push that barrier that we're in the comfort zone, we're never going to build up a bigger comfort zone. We're never going to get further along in life because we just keep doing what's easy, what we know we can do. <laughs> so failure is huge. Yeah, that you really did pack a lot in that. And, and uh, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll talk about all of that. Um, the first thing, you know, going off what you just said about failure is, is a, being a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. You apply that to any leader and the teams that they lead. It's so important for leaders to allow failure, right? Because again, it's like you said, it, it allows for growth. It allows for learning. Um, and that's where we can be better. And especially for companies and organizations, failure is a good thing. Being uncomfortable is a good thing. Look at organizations and companies that are no longer around because they got comfortable, right? You, you look at Kodak, you look at Blockbuster is the, the famous one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so many of these companies that got comfortable because they stopped innovating, because they stopped learning, they stopped failing. Um, and so it's really important to keep doing that. 
Um, the thing that I do want to go back to is focusing on that uncomfortability, right? How do you stay uncomfortable or how do you, how do you actually put yourself in that mindset to be uncomfortable? Because that, that, that can be hard for some people, right? Is, is mm-hmm. some people might think, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. And so that yeah. is, um, that, that my, mental aspect of it is, well, I'm doing fine right now. Like, how do you get someone to shift that? So, that, I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to do. And, and I'll admit, I don't do that every day. I'm not always uncomfortable in my workouts. You know, the things that I do in my life to try and move me forward don't always make me uncomfortable. But something I try to think about and I try and tell other people about is I've learned from older people and you hear from older people all the time. I mean, not all the time, but you hear, especially when people are on their deathbed, what are the things that they talk about? Usually it's about the regrets of not going and doing something, not trying something out, not traveling here, all these knots, things that they didn't do. And they, they yeah. never talk about the things that they did do or the things that they did try. And so I try and live my life that way to keep pushing that comfort zone by doing things that, you know what, that sounds kind of cool. I'm going to go try that. You know, like, okay, maybe I fail at it, like whatever, but I failed and realized that, Hey, either, you know, it just wasn't for me or, you know, maybe I really just didn't like it. And so I just stopped. And I think that's another thing we, especially our, 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 I think, you know, we're, I think we're about close to the same age, but like our parents, you know, they taught us go get a stable job, you know, just, just work for a company, retire there. You're going to be good to go. Well, life's too short. You know, we, we have to <laughs> yeah. do things that we enjoy as well. So yeah. if you're not enjoying something, don't just keep doing it. Now I'm not saying, you know, because you don't enjoy your job, quit it and then try and find something later, you know, get something established there. But if you're not enjoying something you're doing, stop doing it. Yeah. Unless it's good for you, you know, it's, it's kind of catch 22 there because, you know, some things that as far as for your health are not enjoyable, you know, I eat yeah. chicken rice all the time is not enjoyable, but it's good for me. <laughs> you know, so there are some things you have to kind of give and take, but if you really just, just hate it so much, like sometimes with books, if you just really can't stand the book, don't feel like you need to finish it. Yeah. You know, go on to something else. It's, yeah. it's going to be all right. You know, life's too short. You can, you can go back and get that, that job again. If you want to go try a new career or whatever, you know, you, you still have that experience. And I think employers are more forgiving than we realized that they're going to realize that, oh, you, you, you just wanted to go try that out. I get that. You know, that's commendable and you want to come back. You know, you realize you didn't like it as much. I think employers are going to realize you have more of appreciation for that job than maybe you would have if you didn't go try it out. Yeah. Just being honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of really great organizations that do let employees just try things out on company time, right? Yeah. And um, that is something that, allows actually those companies to keep those people on because they allow that exploration and that uh that change and that learning to happen within their own walls so then they don't deal with that right they don't say oh like i lost you to this hustle or this other thing you wanted to explore and then you want to come back like it's like Mm -hmm. nope you can go do it and still be here right so that's that's awesome um Something I, I love, and I, I know a lot of people do, I think, is transformation stories, right? And mm-hmm. physical fitness transformations are really uplifting because you can literally see it versus, you know, like a mental or like emotional, spiritual transformation. Mm-hmm. 
if transformations are so inspirational, why don't we see more people take action from that inspiration? Because it, especially physical, it's, it's hard at first, you know, once you start seeing the changes, it gets easier, but the very beginning of any kind of change, whether it's physical or with your business or, you know, just in the, in the workplace, it's hard at first. And we don't see those results. I always tell people give a workout program three weeks, at least three weeks before you're really going to start seeing anything. And the problem is, especially with, with social media, with, you know, all the technology we have, we're an instant gratification world. And so we want to see results like that. You know, we, you know, but the crazy thing is, and this is an analogy that keeps being said in the fitness industry, you didn't put on that weight in 10 days or, you know, one day, whatever, you know, different numbers, you're not going to get it off in that amount of time. And the thing that really sucks with fitness <laughs> is that you can put on 10 pounds so much easier than you can lose it. That's what really, <laughs> you can work for like a month, two or three months to get off 10 pounds and you can put it back on in a week. Like what? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to keep going and, that, and that's the power behind the transformation because once you start going, it just, it's compounding is once you start getting that momentum and you start seeing those results, you kind of start getting addicted to it. And I say a lot of my bodybuilders out there would agree with that. You know, once you, you start cutting down and you start seeing some muscle definition, you keep wanting to go after that. You keep wanting to get better and better. It kind of goes back to the perfection we talked about earlier. You know, it's always, you're always trying to perfect it more and more. And now what used to be something that was good, is not good enough. You're like, okay, that's the new norm. Yeah. Now we've got to get better than this. And yeah. so we, we keep going after that. And so that's, that's kind of the power behind the transformation is not literally, okay, you were fat here and now you're fit, but it's like, oh man. So I went from point A to point B. Where, where can point C take me? How yeah. much further can I go? That's the power of the transformation. Yeah. It's like an addiction to success, right? It, mm -hmm. It's uh, once you start succeeding, you want to keep succeeding. So, yeah. But that hard thing is getting to that first milestone of success. Yeah. And that's where, you know, breaking out of that comfort zone comes in You yeah. know, doing something for, you know, a while, you know, you got to give it some time to kick in to keep building that habit for it to compound before you're going to start seeing anything. But as you start seeing it, it, I mean, it's kind of, it just snowballs. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Um, like, and sometimes you don't notice that success, right? Like sometimes you mm -hmm. don't notice progress. So, and so, again, like sometimes you don't notice change, right? Like sometimes things are happening and you're noticing this, this transformation, uh, either within yourself or your team or what your organization is doing. You don't notice some things sometimes, and you really mm -hmm. do need to look back. And as you're doing it, it's important to keep track of it, right? Yeah. Let's talk about like, talk, talking about performance reviews at work which everyone loves. There's this, there's this recency bias, right? Is let's look back on the annual review and, or during annual review time, let's look back the year. The thing you're going to remember is what happened a month ago, maybe last mm -hmm. week. You're not going to remember what happened 11 months ago. So it's really important to, to constantly bring those things up and look at the, the progress that you make each week, each month, each quarter, right? Uh, that way, as you get to, when you do get to a big review, you're like, wow, look at all of this stuff I accomplished. And I would imagine that's the same thing in fitness as well, right? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I just want to bring up that point with the, the transformation pictures. You know, we see a lot on Instagram. 
So that's important, especially on that, that physical fitness side. But like what you said about, you know, constantly kind of writing down and looking over what you've been doing is, yeah, we can forget where we were at a year ago, five years ago. I mean, I think about where I was at five years ago, man, I was in, I was in, I've been in two other States. You know, if I moved from Texas, I'm almost on five years uh, being here in South Carolina, but I moved to Georgia for a year and then back to South Carolina. You know, I had all this debt, just didn't know where I was going with my life. You know, my, my spirituality wasn't quite as strong, but if I don't take that step back and look at it and say, man, Philip, you, you came a long ways. You know, do you realize that? Because we get caught up in the, you know, in the one month, right? Because that's yeah. what we can really remember and say, well, one month ago, I mean, I was still stuck at home because of COVID or, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, I was still in my, my job here. You know, I, I was still doing this. Like, and then you think you're kind of mediocre. But if you take that big step back, you can really see the change that happened. Yeah. And that's, that's what's going to help keep you going forward as well. Because we just kind of look here at the, you know, one week, one month maybe in one year time frame, we're not going to see a lot of changes. But if we look back a little bit further, it's going to help us keep moving forward, keep that momentum going. Yeah, absolutely. It, and again, it's like you said, it, it keeps that momentum going. Mm-hmm. I like how you brought up COVID because I do have a question around <laughs> COVID. So right with the pandemic and people working from home, uh, we've seen people complain about the COVID-15, right? It's like the freshman mm-hmm. 15. What ideas do you have for companies and organizations to keep their employees healthy and fit at home, especially when there's no longer like run groups or fitness classes or gyms or like free healthy snacks that are provided. Hmm. As far as from the company level, I, I mean, I don't know how each company would kind of do that, but I would, I would suggest for the individuals to reach out to local fitness people, you know, and it doesn't even have to be local, really, because there's a lot of fitness people that I know that are running online Zoom classes. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. They're doing online Zoom classes where you can sit there and you don't even have to have your video on. I think usually they want you to have it on so they can help correct you and actually coach you through it. But I'm sure they're not going to come on. You got to put your video on like, yeah. <laughs> you know, get really like stern with you or anything. Yeah. But there's so many online classes now for you to check out. I mean, you can go order some DVDs like P90X or Insanity and stuff like that and start doing that. Make Schedule yourself when you can eat. I know it's, it's crazy. You put a schedule for eating. I mean, that's what like every bodybuilder does. It's like every three hours we go to eat. Yeah. And it's funny because you can tell about two and a half, three hours in, you're like, man, I need to eat. Like you just, yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm like really hungry. It's time to eat. And you look, yeah. you're like, oh, there it is nine o'clock. It's time to eat. <laughs> yeah. you know? So if you kind of get into this habit of, okay, I eat here. And by scheduling yourself, you're limiting the snacks because you're only eating at this time, every three hours or two hours or five hours, whatever you want to do, but you're limiting when you can eat. And when you do that, it's obviously going to help you be a little bit better, but just going out and getting a walk. I think everybody can walk around outside their house or in mean, worst case, you got to do it in the house. Yeah, you can do like some, you know, chair squats. So you stand up, sit down in the chair, stand back up, you know, like do um, like leg raises or something or go do chair step up. So you step up with one leg onto the chair and and stuff like that. So there's, you know, a lot of little things you could do around the house. I would, you know, YouTube's going to be your best friend too. 
you know, but reach out to anybody on social media that you might know, reach out to me, definitely can help you out with that as well. But just really moving. And I say the bigger thing being scheduling out when you can eat because yeah. we all get bored at the house. The refrigerator's right there. I've got less than 10 seconds. I can get to my refrigerator in the house right now and have plenty of food, have meals prepped as well. That's going to be a huge thing. So if you got to go over there and okay, I've got to put some food together, you know, you're probably going to put in extra food that you didn't really need, but if you have it prepped, it just, it's real easy. Okay. I'm just going to put this in the microwave and then start eating, you know, and then you don't have to worry about it. It's already done the night before that morning or whenever you decide to do that prep. You know, so just having some prep food as well. That's a really good point. Actually. I, I had never really, I didn't think about that, about meal prep for people working from home. That's a really good mm-hmm. tip because for me and my family, if thing, especially lunch, right? Lunch is kind of a tough time for us because we don't own a microwave. <laughs> um, we, so if we have to cook anything, if we need something for lunch, like it's actually like a big, uh, it's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. But if everything's prepped and ready to go, um, it, it's really quick versus, you know, thinking about like, oh my gosh, like I have to make another meal. Um, let me just grab a quick snack. Let me dra- grab some junk food real quick and that'll fill me up. Right. And that will mm. be good enough. So that's a really good idea. Um, I think that, you know, any companies that are listening to this, any, any people, <laughs> any leaders in the, out there, um, yeah, meal prep is a really good idea that I hadn't thought about that. I definitely was aware of, um, YouTube videos, doing things like that from a fitness perspective, but Mm -hmm. uh, completely forgot about meal prepping. That's a, that's a great idea. And that's going to be the biggest thing for people. I mean, obviously, you know, you need to go outside, get some vitamin D doing something besides sitting all day. We know that, but when it comes to keeping weight off, it's all in the diet. You know, like everybody has different numbers, but 90% of it is within the diet. So are you going to work on the huge chunk, 90% to keep your weight off? Or are you going to try and work on 10%? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, like a company, no company <laughs> would work on increasing the 10% of work or, you know, the work that gives them 10% of their profits. They would work on increasing the workload for the 90% of their profits. Yeah. Where do you, you have know? the biggest impact? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Another question I have for you is is about haters right um mm. I, there's a lot of haters out there especially when it comes to body image so i have a couple questions around that um have you ever had any clients come back to you and talk about their haters and like what did what did you tell them so there's a, a kind of an interesting phenomenon uh, that i've that i've noticed when it comes to you know people that need to have a big weight transformation don't don't focus on what people are saying to you you know you'll focus on you not Obviously, if you start getting to be like skin and bones, it's a little different story. As long as you're being healthy, you're being smart about it, and you're not, you know, you didn't just drop 50 pounds in one week, right? You know, you didn't do yeah. something crazy drastic to do it. Just just keep going. Go to where you're going to be happy. But, you know, do, do evaluate yourself. Look at from a picture, not just you looking in a mirror, because a picture tells a lot more than a mirror does. Because we'll yeah. say things in our head, but if you can really look at a picture, you know, like, okay, you know, like, I'm not sure if I like how this person looks and don't focus on that, that the weight on the scale either. That's only, that's only one measurement. I've had clients as well that come back to me and, you know, this is a big thing. They're like, I'm not losing any weight. I haven't lost weight in like two weeks. And I'm like, well, how are your clothes fitting? Well, my clothes are a lot looser. 
I'm like, so what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like, well, I haven't lost weight. And weight is only one way to measure, yeah. you, know, you know, I guess weight loss. You know, it's only one way to measure if you're doing the right things when it comes to weight loss. You know, if you're losing inches on your waist, <laughs> I would have that. I would take that any day over losing 50 pounds. You know, yeah. if I could lose, well, I don't, I don't need to lose as many pounds, but you know, some <laughs> clients need to lose five or more inches on their waist, but if they didn't lose weight, they wouldn't care. You know, I could be 300 pounds with a six pack and I would be super happy. I could be 200 pounds with a six pack and I'd be happy to me. The goal would be a six pack. So what is your goal? Yeah. What is your body image you're looking for? Yeah. So don't, don't, you know, again, don't worry about what people think about you. You need to worry about what you think about yourself and what you want to look like. Like, yeah, define your own, define your own success. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Again, taking that back to, from a organizational standpoint, right? Like what does success mean to you? Um, mm -hmm. You're definitely going to get haters, right? Kind of block them out. Um, don't worry. Don't define your success based on what they think because yeah. those standards will always get higher or they'll shift. And um, it's important to just focus on you and, and what you need to accomplish so that, yeah, the, mm -hmm. those are really And don't be surprised points. that the haters, more of your haters are going to come from people you know than people you don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so sad, but people, you know, are going to be more against you bettering yourself in whatever manner it is than people that don't know you. Yeah. There's definitely a comparison effect there where, where mm -hmm. they're comparing themselves to you because, um, they know you right. Yeah. Um, versus if it's a stranger off the street, they'll just be like, Oh wow. Like you look great. Right. Um, mm -hmm. going back to fitness and how it can help leaders, uh, how, how do you think fitness, right? Mental, physical, spiritual, how does that fitness help leaders and how does it help the people that they lead? I think going back to the whole failure thing, you know, with the gym, with working out, you learn to fail. And when you fail and the more often you fail, the more successful you're going to be because you're going to know, okay, that didn't work. We need to change, try out a different way. And just kind of, I, I saw this, you know, what we talked about earlier as well, uh, with Blockbuster, you know, they didn't want to change. They didn't want to try something new and innovative. And that's been their demise. Learning to say no, that's a big thing, especially with nutrition. There's a lot of times you got to say no to, to having a chocolate cake, to eating a donut, <laughs> to eating pizza. And you, you build that no muscle to say no, not, and not yet is more what I like to say is like, not yet. Like, you know, I need to wait for the cheat meal this weekend, or maybe I'm doing a, a challenge and I've got to wait a few weeks before I can have that cheat meal, whatever it may be. But you learn to say not yet. And you, you put off that immediate gratification. And this is what goes into leadership because leaders had to look to the future and say, you know, we could do this now and it would be nice but if we wait it, how much better will it be then? Yeah. Because I could go eat chocolate cake every single day and it'd be great. I'd love it. <laughs> but my waist wouldn't like it after a while. Maybe at first I wouldn't notice it, but after a while I would start noticing it. Yeah. But if I wait it, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait, you know, eight weeks to not have chocolate cake, to just eat super healthy. And in eight weeks, I'll have it like, man, it's, I'm not going to notice it whenever I have it then. And, and the funny thing is 
that when I go to have it in eight weeks, it won't taste quite as good. I'd be like, ah, you know, I didn't really like it that much because yeah. you're not used to having that. Your body's not used to having that anymore. And so if what you used to crave and what you used to fall into the comfort zone and want to do, you no longer want to do. So leaders, you know, I think fitness helps you learn about delayed gratification and failing, you know, yeah. learning to try something new to, to push yourself and to look into that future. Because leaders can look at the future, obviously look at the now, but they can look into the future and see where we're going and how we need to get there and what we need to do. Yeah. Those are, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about uh, the delayed gratification aspect of it. That's a good point as well. You know, as, as we wrap up, I, I want to ask you, what is the impact you're looking to leave as you lead others? So this, you know, I talked about what the pivot I'm trying to do, and that, that's really what I want to do. I want to impact younger men, because I think especially in this, this generation where women are becoming more empowered, they're becoming stronger, we see them being business owners, we see them becoming leaders in, in the corporate world. I'm really trying to help younger men navigate that dating life how to navigate that, that dating relationship, how to treat the woman with respect, because that's the thing. It's not, it's not about being Mr. Alpha and I'm the leader. You know, you can still be the leader without being Mr. Alpha. You're going to submit, you know, but it's about teaching that respect. And so that's what I'm trying to do. You know, obviously the fitness is in there teaching, but teaching younger men how to navigate those relationships and set themselves yeah. up for a better future. Yeah, I think our school systems as well are failing on teaching just people in general on how to, how to be a good human. Yeah. I can't agree with you more. Uh, being a good human, man. I mean, that's something that's so simple in concept yet. we we do not do well in that as a society. Um, I mean, we're going to have disagreements, right? We're going to have uh, different ways of thinking, different upbringings. And that's why, um, again, that diversity piece is so important and, and respecting each other, um, right? We did have previous generations who had a certain way of thinking about gender roles and gender norms, and that's absolutely been shifted. And we need to, I think that's great that you're working to help uh, younger men who might continue to have that uh mindset and, and, and switch that for them. So that's, that's great. Uh, as we log off here, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? The best place I always just send people to my Instagram. So just at Philip sessions. So one L P H I L I P S E S S I O N S. The best place to find me, you know, the me ask questions. I, I'm an open book. You know, I try and help out where I can. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'll I'll be sure to link your Instagram profile in the show notes. And uh, people also need to listen to your podcast. Um, I've, you know, again, as I was doing research, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you have a lot of really great thoughts. And uh, those also carry over to your like Instagram IGTV. So um, I know that that's something that people definitely need to ch check out because there's a lot of good content there. I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, it means a lot. You know, I've been yeah, I've been working on that. Yeah, you know, trying to keep that up, you know, talking about the fitness and applying it to life and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I do plan on coming out with a, another podcast to, to go around this, you know, forged men group as well. That's awesome. Philip, it was, it was great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Leading People First podcast. 
There's always different ways to look at the employee experience, and when we look in areas we haven't looked before, I believe we can grow. Personally, as someone who is into fitness as a runner, I know I'm not going to be breaking any world records or even winning a race. I'm just glad to constantly be continuously transforming and improving myself. So it's important to take stock in where we've been and what we've accomplished along the way. We forget about all the little things that we as individuals and we as teams are able to overcome and accomplish. That's why I'm really happy I had Philip on to share more about his work and how we can learn from his experiences to become better people first leaders. A quick reminder, if you want to be entered into this month's drawing, make sure you leave us a review and send a screenshot to Chris Lynn at leadingpeoplefirst.com or share your review on Instagram and tag leading people first. Again, I'm glad you're joining me on this journey exploring how leadership affects the employee experience. Keep leading people first and stay on.